Hello, 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 hello. Welcome. welcome, hello everybody, welcome, hello, hello and welcome to the stream. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. For those that don't know where the mountains are, that is 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So good to have you here, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to start as we do with our shipping report, and we have a giveaway tonight, which is pretty cool. I think it's for a pretty fancy pleco. And, and we're, we're talking, talking little babies. babies. These nice, are nice, big, French adult plecos. plecos. Um, the, the Angelicus plecos. plecos. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. minute. And, and then, then we have a whole bunch of really cool fish to talk about. about. It is going to be released. They're going to be released this Friday for sale. This is from a new import. And they've gone through quarantine. And they're ready to get listed. So I'll go through those, show you the new stuff that's coming up. And then we'll get to questions and comments. So that's kind of the docket for the day. day. Let's, Let's start. start. No, no echo, echo sound is perfect. perfect. Awesome. Echo, echo, echo. wait. wait. There, there is, is an echo. echo. Okay. Let's, Let's try, try some. Oh, I bet I, bet I, know, I know what it is. is. Hang on. Okay, I'm hoping that fixed it. Did that fix it? Let me know. I'm just going to wait here for a second until someone can tell me if that fixed it. Let me know if that fixed it. Hopefully it did. Sorry, everybody. There's a setting. Um, before I live stream, I have to turn the camera setting from uh, audio recording and turn that off so there's no audio recording. Okay, cool. Thank you, everybody. So what happens is there's there's two things that sometimes happen that I'm aware of, probably more. One is sometimes my audio cable, if it's touching another cable, <clears throat> there'll be some interference. So I like to thank Michael Melier for bringing that to my attention. Ever since I've started routing the audio cable a different way so it doesn't touch any other cables, that, that problem has gone away. So um, this might be interesting for anyone else that live streams or makes videos and stuff for you to know if you have this mysterious issue and you can't figure it out, check your audio cable, make sure it's not touching any other cables because the, uh, the, the coating on them, the insulation on them can be pretty poor. You can get some interference. The second thing um, for anyone that's having the same trouble is on my camera, um, I have to turn audio recording off while I live stream. Otherwise, I get this weird double thing going on. And I just forgot to click that setting today. I'm sorry, folks. But <laughs> hey, we still got 90 people here. So we didn't chase everybody away. Okay. So let's get back to what we were talking about. Looks like that's all fixed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, flashbacks. Well, we haven't had a uh, technical problem in, in a little while. Oh, we did have one like what a couple months ago, but before that, we haven't had a problem in a long time. So we're starting to figure it out slowly but surely. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into all the uh, really cool fish that came in, and then we'll get to your questions and comments. So let's start tonight with the shipping report. And I don't know exactly what the shipping report is, which sounds funny, but the reason is I got an email earlier today from someone that said. One of their fish died, or two of their fish died. But I, in that they were out of town, would let me know more when they got home. 
but I searched the email that it was sent from and there's no record in my order history of anyone from that email ordering from me. So I don't know if they bought fish from someone else on Get Gills and uh, accidentally messaged me instead of the person they were trying to message. It could be that, or it could be that someone lost a couple fish um, and are using a different email. And so I just don't know. So there might be a problem. There might not. I'm, I'm not really sure. So that's where that stands right now. Um, if there is a problem, that's a bummer because it's been it's been a long, long time since there's been any losses at all. Um, but statistically, it'll be an anomaly. So we're still like if we just crunch the numbers over 12 month period or whatever, we're, we're still doing really, really well. So so I'm not sure if I have anything to report or not. Um, the only other issue, which I don't think is serious, was I shipped out a couple of Hemichromus exul, the uh, Turricana jewel fish, jewel cichlid, which I, I got because they're unique. They have a different color pattern and things. They don't get too big, and they're supposed to be the most peaceful of the jewel cichlids. Now, they're still kind of rambunctious from what I've observed. I did have them with some, some rainbow fish, not full grown, just small rainbow fish, about two inches or so. And the, the rainbow fish tails got a little frayed, so I did have to remove the rainbow fish. But supposedly, from what the literature says, they're the, the most peaceful of the jewel cichlid species. Anyway, I shipped three of those out and the customer got them and, and let me know that uh, one of them has rubbed lips, which is pretty common, honestly, with those fish because they're so active in the bag. They just rub against the bag a lot. And so they're constantly rubbing with their face against the bag. And over time, they can they can get a little sore on the mouth. But that usually goes away really quickly. And that one of them has has a scrape on its side, um, which is mysterious to me because I'm, I'm not sure how a fish would do that in the bag. I don't know if it happened in the bag or if when it was released in the aquarium, sometimes fish, when they're first released into an aquarium, they just dart really fast. And sometimes they can hit a rock or something and give themselves a scratch. So I'm, I'm not sure the details, but I'm, they seem like two superficial issues that'll probably heal up pretty quickly. So, but I do want to mention any issues we have. So two possible and I don't know if they did order for me. I don't know if they ordered this week or if there was something that were shipped out months ago. Um, I, I, I'm going to have to get back with them and try to find out, okay, who are you? Which order was this? Because I don't have anyone to track it with how they sent me the information. So two possible deaths. I don't know from when, and I don't know if they're actually from fish I sent yet. And then two cichlids that or just, I would imagine, going to be all healed up in a couple days. So that's where we're at. Um, with that, let's get to showing you all the new fish that came in. And then we will do the giveaway. Get that set up. That's for an Angelicus Pleco, the L136B. Nice four-inch adults. Um, yeah, they're, they're a cool fish. Let's start, though, with this. Okay, I'm going to show you the, the new fish that will be listed for sale this Friday at dancefish.com. This is the first one. I'm very excited to have it. This is a hill trout. I love these guys. They're super active, super fast. And the group came in in varying sizes, but the biggest one is four inches, maybe a little bigger. The smallest one 
I'm going to say maybe three inches, somewhere around there. So they came in good size. They're perfect. No problems. And there were no issues. They've eaten from the beginning. They've been rock solid, healthy, no signs of anything wrong at all. So I think they'll do great for you. Then I, I know I said I wouldn't do it, but I couldn't resist. This is my favorite platy. It was available from a good supplier that I know. So I did bring them in. Um, often I don't because my water's soft and they prefer hard water, but with a little extra TLC, I, I know how to take care of them. And I have the batches doing perfect. It's ready to go. Um, they're, I think they're going to be rock solid for you. It's the neon gold calico platy or neon yellow calico platy. The reason I like them is they just absolutely glow from across the room because they have that neon sheen, but then they have that calico pattern, which contrasts so nicely with, with yellow or gold color. So you get the brightness, but you also get some nice contrast. So it's, if, if you were a painter, you would say it's well compositioned or well composed, right? It's, it's a nice breakup of color, a nice balance. So I did bring more of them in and they are doing fantastic. I hadn't planned on it, but I couldn't resist. And I'm glad I did because it, it's a solid batch and um, they, they take a little extra TLC when I first bring them in since my water is soft. But once I get them for the first, through the first few days and they've settled in, they, they tend to be pretty good. Glowlight Danios, I think we all know and love this fish. This is the show prey Danio. Just really bright, really happy fish. So got more of them in. More Siamese algae eaters. These are the true Siamese algae eaters, not the Chinese algae eater. So these are going to remain peaceful their entire lives and remain good algae eaters their entire lives. They're fairly small, um, although in the in the week and a half, two weeks since I, I've had them, they've bulked up a lot. They've had like algae wafers in front of them 24-7. So I would say that now they're around an inch in size and kind of fat and happy. When I got them in, they were tiny. But um, yeah, small algae eaters. I, I think for a fish, probably the best algae eater you can get because they eat such a variety. And even though as adults, they get about four inches. Here's an adult right here, just hanging out on the bottom. This fish right here is a four inch fish and they're the same size, just took off. So they do get about four inches, but their mouths are tiny. So they don't become big aggressive predators like Chinese algae eaters can. And, um, or I don't know if they're predators, Chinese algae eaters, but they sure do harass other fish. And um, they, they eat little crevice algae really well. They don't eat surface algae as much, although they eat some of it, but any algae that's in the crevices and in between the leaves of plants or stuck in, in rock crevices and things, they have the mouth to really get in there and clean it out. So that's why I like them. I got three different kinds of rice fish in, all Madaka, three different strains of Madaka. The first is the Lamay. And what the Lamay is, I know in English it's lame, <laughs> but Lamay comes from the French term for couture fashion. It's that sparkly cloth that like Liberace would have worn, right? So Lamay have all these little sparkles on them. It looks like glitter. Here's another, you can see the sparkle. See the sparkles up the back and on the side? That's what a LeMay rice fish is. Now, most of the ones that I have in are, are an orange LeMay, 
but and I would say they're about this orange. It's more a peach or a flesh tone. It's not. It is not like this. I just want you to be to know that up front. This is like that's a glowing orange fish. That's not what these look like. They look. I mean, this is a very accurate picture. This kind of peach toned or flesh toned orange, but with nice gold sparkles on them. Okay. We also got my personal favorite, which is the Miyuki White. Now, if you look, the difference is, whereas the LeMay has all the sparkles, the Miyuki White has a solid, bright, glowing line down the back. So it's this bright neon reflective, it's like a neon tetra or a cardinal tetra's blue stripe, that kind of glow, but with white. And it's solid. It's, it doesn't have the breakup of the golden or, or the uh, glitter that the LeMays have. And then this is what they look like from the side. It does come far enough down the sides that you still see it from the side. So that's my personal favorite, the Miyuki Whites. They're doing fantastic. And there's another one that I'll show you a little later on. Uh, some Geophagus brasiliensis. I, I like earth eaters. I like Geophagus a lot. I have a couple species. This species in the Altocino, the gold dust Geophagus. Um, I think I might have some wine milleri coming in. I might have some Sveni coming in later. But the reason I like Geophagus and other earth eaters is they tend to be a lot more peaceful than other cichlids. So you get the nice, bold, sparkly colors in, in the larger fish, you know, five, eight inches, maybe 12, depending on the species, inches. But they don't get ginormous and they're very peaceful. So you can. Get the cichlid look if you like a nice centerpiece fish or, or you know, you want a, a group for a centerpiece, which is how a lot of people stock their tanks, but you don't have to deal with all the aggression. I mean, there's some aggression, there's still cichlids, but it's very mild compared to a lot of South American and Central, a lot of cichlids in, in period, let's put it that way. So got some geophagus in for that reason. Okay. These are the dwarf golden barbs. So they top out, they're around an inch. A really big one might be an inch and a quarter. A very large female, uh, really, really old, might get up to an inch and a half. So they're, they're what I would call a nanofish. Uh, I know they get slightly more than an inch, but in that, in that category, they're super peaceful. You can get a nice big group of them because they don't take a lot of space and they don't have the aggression issues that a lot of your barbs are reputed to have. They're not like a tiger barb or something. They're not nearly as food aggressive as most barbs. So you can get all the joy <laughs> of having barbs without having to deal with the problems that come with a lot of barbs if they're, you know, depending on how they're kept. So, um, Golden Dwarf Barb, really nice, really hardy, just a great peaceful fish if you're looking for a barb but don't want the problems. These are Pseudomilgo Ivan Safi, just a really pretty fish, another flavor of blue eye. And, and once they're big and mature, they do look every bit this good. I mean, they really are a stunning, stunning fish. Not very common. Um, that's, a, that's a decent representation there too. Just a little different lighting. Not very common at all. Oh, I do have some of these too, if anyone wants some. <laughs> uh, I like the Ivan Safis a lot. So a lot of us are familiar with the Gertrudes, 
the neon reds, which is the Luminatus, and the um, Fricatus. And this is, you know, same size as, size range as those, another blue eye, just a different color pattern. I got some blue Kiri Tetras in. Um, they're very little. They're under an inch right now. And they're a nice, a nice fish. I'd say they look very similar to this at the moment. Um, and I have two kinds. I have the super blue variant, which has a, a ton of blue on them. They're very pretty. And then I have the normal carry tetra. Oh, that looks like a super blue. Hang on. This, something like this, where, or this. Yeah, that's a nice, a nice picture of a, a normal blue carry tetra that hasn't that is not this super blue morph where the whole body gets a ton of blue on it as opposed to this where they have some blue and they have the dark stripe. This is more the wild form. So I have both types of those. Um, the super blues are bigger. They're around an inch or so in size. And then the, the normal blue carries that I have are smaller at other, uh, I don't know. They're not in front of me. What's that? Is that, between three quarters of an inch and half an inch, somewhere in that size range. They're pretty small. Sometimes you order fish of one size and you get fish of another, <laughs> but you're still happy because you got the fish. <laughs> Sometimes you get something completely different and it's like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I have some Amapa Redbacks. Um, they're, they're famous for, they come from the Amapa location. And they're famous for this, this bright red top that they get as mature adults. Um, here's another, another picture, something like that. Um, the ones I have are, I'm looking at them right now. They're in this tank. Um, maybe two inches, maybe an inch and a half body size. The smaller ones, maybe an inch and a quarter. The biggest one, maybe around two inches, just body size. And um, they're not showing the red yet. They look a lot like this right now, like a, a nice silver angel fish, but they're not showing any of the red. That'll come with time. Have some Epistogramma agazizii, the um, double red. Now, the ones I have are about three quarters of an inch with the tail, maybe they're yeah, about three quarters of an inch to an inch. So they're too small to sex. Um, the good news is it's a rock solid batch. There have been no problems. I think they'll do very well for you. Sometimes you get a pistos in and depending on how the batch comes in. Oops, what did I just do? <laughs> Hang on. I got to get off so that I can figure out what I just did. Okay. Apparently, I don't know how to use the Google machine. Um, anyway, they're really healthy, but they're very small. So I just want you to be aware of that. So they don't show all their colors yet. I'm, I'm seeing a little bit of red on a few of them. Um, let's see here. Um, juvenile. Let's see if I can find a picture that actually looks. Yeah. So maybe somewhere in this range is what we're looking at right now. Um, you know, you can see a little bit of red starting, but they pretty much look like a, a brown fish with a line on them because they're small. They're juveniles at, at this time, but they'll color up really nicely. Can't sex them, though. Not yet. Pandagara, everyone's favorite gara. Nice group of them. 
Okay. So for those that have been following me for a while, you know that this is my favorite fish of all time. This is a killifish. It's called Fundalopanchax gardneri. There is no common name or I would use it. I'm not trying to be confusing by using the scientific name, but it's just the only name that really is accurate for this fish. There is no common name that is like recognized through throughout the land, if you will. Um, so I ordered a bunch of these in, was it a month ago now? I ordered a hundred of them. I ended up with only two or three males in the whole batch. So I'm sitting on a ton of females. Nothing wrong with females, but I can't sell a bunch of females because for those that don't know this fish, the female, ah, here's a good example. The female is brown. I mean, this picture shows a little bit of red dots on them, but in person, you can hardly see those. They're, they're, they're brown. Whereas the males have this nice blue body color with these bright red dots and nice yellow fin margins. So you can sell a male, you can sell a male but, but no one wants to fill their tank up with just little brown fish, right? Oh, this is great. This is an even better shot. So see the difference? Here's a brown female, and then here's the male. Something like, oh, wait. <laughs> like this brown female in the colorful male. So I brought in a new batch of these in the hopes that I would get some more males. And I did, I ended up with maybe seven or nine males this time, um, in a batch of about 30. And so I'm going to release them for sale again. There'll be breeding groups, one male to four or five females, just because I'm trying to find a way to move the females. So I, I have to bundle them in with the males or no one will buy them. But for those that like killifish and want to breed and raise them, that's great. Having four or five females to a single male is optimal for breeding. So I know there's some folks out there that will be excited about that. All right. CPDs, Celestial Pearl Daniels or Galaxy Rasboras. have some of these that are about ready to go. Here's the other rice fish. This is a strain I have not had in before, the Yuki, or Yuki-i, how do you say that? Uh, uh, yeah, that. Yuki, Yuki-i. Um, so they look like an orange or, I mean, let's not get too excited. They don't look like this. They look more like a peach color. So they look something like like these, these peach colored ones. Maybe maybe with time they'll turn into this, but um, a lot of times when you say orange, people are picturing like a bright orange fish like this, when in reality they're more like peach or flesh toned. And the difference is, I believe, I don't know that much about this strain yet, but I believe that it's a clean body. So you're not looking at the LeMay sparkly glitter over it. It's a nice clean body if you like a, yeah, if you like a clean palette, so to speak. And then, the last one, these were bred and raised by our very own Maria Z. Um, so these are hobbyist bred fish. This is Melanotania rubrostriata from Raua Biru. And this is a very neat article that you should all look up if you're interested in this fish. Just Google Melanotania rubrostriata Raua Biru. And um, 
you can find this article. Um, this is by Hans George Evers, and it covers his expedition to go collect this fish when he first went and collected it in 2006. So it's a fairly new new fish, and it's a great article. Uh, you can Google it and find it. If you Google that with Hans George Evers, this will pop up. And it's interesting. Um, he found that fish in a black water stagnant swamp, basically. They were on a mission to find um, Erythrina uh, werneri, the threadfin blue eye or threadfin rainbow. And they, they went there, they found it along with the, the uh, Rubrus triata. And something that struck me as interesting is they also, on the same expedition, in the same location with those rainbow fish, they also collected um, archer fish in the, the standard common archer fish, which is a brackish water fish. But in this case, it was living in, like, I think the pH was five. It was soft, acidic, like black water swamp. So it's interesting. We, we always think of archer fish and we're like, they're brackish. We have to put salt in the tank, but there are freshwater populations and not just freshwater, but like black water populations as well. So it's a neat article to read to see, uh, you know, the, the holes, we, the, the little pigeonholes we like to put things in just because we're humans and we like things organized and easily understood rarely hold up under really close scrutiny <laughs> when we look at nature. Nature is too complex and too messy for that to happen. Now, I'm not saying go start keeping your archer fish in pure, soft, fresh water. Um, it's probably going to be a lot easier on them to be in hard, you know, salty water. That's generally easier on fish, especially when they're freshly imported. But, but it's interesting to see the the diversification of habitat that they have claimed. Um, anyway, let's get to the giveaway. The giveaway is for, let's see here, L136B Pleco. Some Angelicus Plecos. Here's my picture of them. A, a nice dark bodied, white spotted Pleco. Um, here's several other different pictures so you can take a look now some have some are the wrong fish entirely <laughs> some have some filters on them and things but it gives you an idea it's basically this dark fish with white spots on it um it's a hypen sister species so they like meaty foods give them some veggies and stuff too but they need some meat in the diet they are at about four inches right now which is about full grown for them they don't get much bigger and I'll send you one if you win the giveaway. So if you would like to win an Angelicus Pleco, just enter hashtag Pleco in the chat and you'll be entered to win. We'll get to that later on. We'll draw that uh, winner later on. You do have to be present to win. So when I draw, um, you'll have to respond that you're here at that moment. And we'll give you instructions at that time on how to claim your winnings. Um, and that's the only requirement. Just enter hashtag Pleco in the chat and be here when the winner is drawn. And that's it. I'll send it to you free of charge, free shipping, free everything. I've had these for a little while. They're in great shape. Um, and I do have one. I, I do want to say this. I, I do try to find homes for fish that I can't necessarily sell. I do have one of them that has a split tail. So 
it, it arrived like that. I don't know if it happened in its early childhood or during shipping or what, but it's got the tail and in the middle of it has a, a split in it all the way to the peduncle. It's healthy. There's no issues, but that section of the tail will never grow back. So I'm not necessarily going to send you that one. I can send you a different one if you want. But if you don't mind what I call gimp fish, I have a soft spot in my heart for gimp fish, just gimpy fish. Um, but if if you would like that one, then I am looking for a home for it. And uh, I, I could send you that one if, if that's not a problem. Now, if you don't want that one, you want a perfect tail and all that. I get it. That's not a problem. Um, I'm not doing this giveaway just to try to get a home for a gimpy fish. But if we can kill two birds with one stone and do the giveaway and find a home for it, that would be awesome. So no pressure. And we'll settle that over email. Um, I'll, I'll just ask, do you want the one with the gimpy tail? And you can say yes or no. And that's, that's it. There's no pressure. I get it. <laughs> not everyone wants gimpy fish. I like them, but not everyone does. Okay, with that, we're going to start answering some questions and comments. There are 184 people here, so if you wouldn't mind taking a moment to share this out, like, hit the subscription bell, the notification bell, subscribe, all that stuff, that would be greatly appreciated, and sharing it out so we get more people in here would be great. Um, starting questions and comments, but first a shout out to my mods, I appreciate you guys, thanks for what you do. Every week, being here, making this run smoothly. Um, I think I speak for everyone in the Fish Fam community when I say just thank you for all you do, both on my channel here on this live stream and everywhere else. I see you guys being very active throughout the community. So thanks for helping make this a, uh, a safe and pleasant and um, as drama-free <laughs> community as possible. <laughs> of course, we have our moments, but... We're pretty good when it comes, as far as communities go, I think this is a pretty good one. So thanks for helping it be that way. And then one note here, um, Nikos Aquatics and Exotics. Oh, settling on the perfect name there, Bob. I see what you're doing. That is important is if you have a question or comment for me, it says, please highlight questions and comments for Dan with the at Dan's fish. When you do that, it, it shows up in this bright orange box on my screen. And that's what I look for as I'm scrolling through chat looking for a question or a comment to answer so if you make it type the at symbol and start typing dan's fish you'll see dan's fish populate in a little box you can click it and that will turn bright orange for me that's how i find your questions and comments no space between the at symbol and dan's fish cancer train i find most geophagus wine milleri are mislabeled i bought a group of wine milleri but turns out they're hang on sorry was that a Balios? Most picks of wine milleri online are a Balios. Huh, that's interesting. I believe you, and I might be guilty of that too. Um, you know, there are, so, I always try my best to label things accurately, just because in a lot of cases, it's super important. I, I came up through the killifish hobby. That's what I cut my teeth on back in the day. And so in the killifish hobby, you have all these killifish that are very closely related, that are in separate habitats, separate pools and puddles and stuff like that. And you don't want to mix them. Or you have the same species, but different populations. And you don't want to mix them. Because as we're learning more about the species, um, often those different populations turn out to be, after scientists have had a, taken the time to scrutinize them, turn out to be, in fact, separate species. 
And if we mix populations, we get hybridization. So keeping the lines pure and the populations pure has been uh, just beaten into me. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how I grew up. That's how I first started in fish keeping. So it's been part of how I approach fish keeping my entire life. The same with rainbow fish. There's a lot of endangered rainbow fish. There's a lot of endangered live bears, killifish, all that. And so you try to keep the strains pure so you don't end up taking an endangered population and hybridizing it because now, now it's even more endangered, right? So I, I get that. The industry, however, isn't quite that simple. So for example, if I order geophagus wine millerite from my supplier and they send them to me, they're probably going to be about this big, right? There's, there's no way to identify them visually. And I'm not an expert in that species or that group of fish, period, in geophagus or lots of other fish. And so um, I take it on faith from the supplier that these are in fact wine millerite because I don't know any better. I can't. I can't look at a fish that's an inch and a half, two inches of that species anyway, in, in no, uh, the same with like, like loaches. Um, so several loaches have a very, very wide distribution, right? Like the yo-yo loach, for example. So that thing has a huge distribution. So <clears throat> Different populations can look different. Not all of them have the standard Y-O-Y-O pattern on them. So when I get a batch of yo-yo loaches in, unless it looks vastly different and obviously something else, I just have to trust my supplier that they are in fact yo-yo loaches because I don't know anything different. Same with the gold zebra loach, same with, there's, there's lots of fish. So I don't doubt it at all, Cancer Train. Um, what I don't know though is what a good solution is because no one's such an expert in all the kinds of fish that they will know when they get a small one, if it is in fact the correct species or not. So, um, Abalios, let's look that up. Oh yeah, I can see why it would get confused because it's very similar Oh, I should share this. <laughs> Sorry. Bad at streaming sometimes. I mean, it's similar. It's got the stripes and everything. But like you wouldn't know this on a small silver baby fish, which is what you're going to be sent when you're buying fish, right? You'd have to wait for it to get big and mature to see that, that difference. So it's a problem. I don't know the solution. Uh, Industry-wide, I don't know if there is one in every case. Orange cones. I need more head standards. I have nine boys and two girls. Girls need a break. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> they need their, they need like the girls bathroom where they can go together and just hang out and get away from the dance. Right. <laughs> Orange cones. I'll take any extra females. Oh man. I'd like to give you some, but I don't have any right now. I've, I, I, order uh, certain fish quite a bit and often they don't come. One is uh, hatchet fish because I'm always trying to find true surface dwelling fish because that's a level of the aquarium that is often hard to, to find fish for. And uh, I like head standards, but they're hard to find. Cancer Drain on your side, it says Milius 
uh, I can't say that, but the Blackberry Silver Dollar only gets 4.5 inches. Their max size is closer to 15. Well, not according to the information I read. Um, let's look here together. I mean, there are Silver Dollars that get really big, but here's why I said that. 12 centimeters, 4.5 inches. So according to Seriously Fish, they only get about 4.5 inches. And that is um, the, the Blackberry Silver Dollar is a morph of this one, which is the Black Bar Silver Dollar. They've just been bred so that that black bar is now much more extensive. And the ones I have have this uh, a, a ton of orange on the anal fin. So I guess there's some variation in color on them. But this is what I went with, 4.5 inches or 12 centimeters. So that's why I listed that. Now this is my first time having that species. So um, I've never seen a full grown adult. Maybe you have and it was huge, um, in which case you would be right. But from the literature I read, this isn't the only source. This is just one that's easy to find real quick. It said they get around 4.5 inches. So that's what I listed them as. The fishy mailman. To quote Jurassic Park, life finds a way. That's right. Right after it eats you while you're sitting on the toilet. <laughs> One of the best scenes in any movie ever. <laughs> the outhouse ain't going to save you from a T-Rex. <laughs> all right. I'm scrolling through all the hashtag plecos here. Trying to get to the next question or comment. Here's one. Alex Repco. Hello, Dan. When will the new fish additions be available? Thank you. Um, I plan on having them listed this Friday. So, yeah, all the new fish should be listed at dancefish.com on Friday. I'll, I'll do it as early in the day as possible, but I have a lot of work to do to get them all listed. And Jonathan's out of town this week, so I've got a lot on my plate, but I'll get them done as early as I can. It might be the afternoon or evening, but I'll try for the morning. Toad Tamer, I have a spotted hoplo cat that has little white dots on the eyes and nothing else. I remember you mentioned your um, Cynodonis negrita had something similar. Do you ever find out what that was? So for mine, it wasn't little dots. It was just, if I remember right, hang on, it's been a little while. Let me think back to that import. I don't think it was dots. I think it was just like an opaqueness. It could have been ammonia burn. Um, or something like that. I have seen fish in the past, though, that have little dots on the eyes. It almost looks like a little ick spot. I've never known what that is. Um, that wasn't the case with the uh, Synodonis negrita that I had this batch. That was more like a, looked like a thin cataract. And, and I'm happy to say it's, it's pretty much healed up, so. Um, or it's at least better. <laughs> it's better. Now, the Synodonis ocellifer that I have, some of them still have a little bit of it. It's getting better, though. So what I think that was was probably some ammonia burn that they experienced during transit. And with time and fresh water and care, it's just gradually healing up. The little individual dots, though, don't know what that is. I have seen it on some fish very rarely, only a few times, but I have seen it before. Sharon Miller, will you ever get hillstream loaches? Soelia is the one you want. Yes, I will, but that's probably a fish I'm going to wait until the warehouse for. Just because the warehouse is going to have such a high turnover of water volume, it'll help keep their water how they like it. I have had them in the past. I do like them. I had a breeding colony in the past. 
of different Hillstream loaches. Um, the gastromyzons are the ones I had. Um, I forget, Myers eye maybe, I can't remember exactly. With the red dorsal fin, the red edging on the dorsal fin. I really like all the Hillstream loaches, but it's in my current setup, I just don't think it's ideal for them. So I'm waiting for the warehouse. But then, yes, I plan to get several kinds in because I have access to several kinds. And not just like the, the there, so there's different kinds of Hillstream loaches, right? There's the total flat pancakes. And then there's the ones that look kind of like lizards. So you have that full gambit, different, uh, different body types and fin structures. And there's, there's lots of different ones. So I, I plan on getting several kinds. <laughs> eerie okay how do you say that eerie lacardus your gimpy fish sounds cute he is he, he swims perfectly fine he does everything fine he's just that middle section of his tail won't grow back because whenever it got damaged it was damaged to the peduncle so it might have been when he was just a wee tyke i'm not sure brandon lee in your opinion which would look better in a planted tank one large school of one fish or two smaller schools of different fish It really depends. Like, I think different colors can really complement each other nicely. So something like a green colored fish, like a, a small green rasbora with an orange colored fish, like an orange lemon tetra. I think the green and the orange would look really nice together because those are complementary colors. Um, so one thing to maybe help you decide that is if you look at a color wheel um, you can kind of see get an idea if something is right across the wheel then it probably looks good together so for me, I, I like these kind of oranges and greens, yellow and blue um, are another one that work pretty well. Anyway, I think, I think something like that could look good. A yellow and blue would be fantastic. It's like a bright yellow fish with a, with a bright blue fish, like a gold platy with a super blue carry, something like that. But I think the issue is a lot of people don't kind of aren't that intentional about it. And so you kind of just end up with this mix of fish. So if you're intentional, then I would say if you can find a couple fish that really complement each other, it, it might be really stunning. Barring that, though, I just go for, you know, one large school. I, I don't think you can go wrong with just one larger school. I think that almost always looks really good. Tony, Tony, or Tone, Tony, <laughs> throwing down $4.99 and a hippo sticker. Hey, thanks so much. Hype, hype, hype. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it is awful cool when money falls out of the computer screen. So I appreciate it. Orange cones. I finally figured out how to put an orange cone next to my name. Yes, I see it. <laughs> Just saying thanks again for the advice and shipping during temperature swings. Everything made it alive and well. Awesome, Stephen. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, so let me address that question here, actually. 
So Stephen had an issue that I think we frequently encounter, which is where Stephen's at, it was really hot. And Stephen was shipping up north to somewhere where the night temperatures were down in the 40s. So the concern was, I can't put a heat pack in because it's too hot where I live. What's the best option? And so in those cases, what I think the best option is, is really good insulation and a lot of water. So pack a lot of water into that box because water is a good heat sink. It retains its heat really well. It has a pretty high specific heat, so it takes a lot of energy to raise the temperature of water or a lot of energy lost to lower the temperature of water. So good insulation. And, you know, you still want, you don't want more than 50% water and 50% oxygen in the bag. You don't want mostly water in a bag when you ship fish ever. But um, use bigger bags, use a bigger box, something so that you have a lot of water in there. And if you have good insulation, it'll probably come out just fine. I think the differential was something like it was in the was in the low 90s and it was going to somewhere where it, it was going to be in the 40s, at least at night. So that's a tricky one. But I'm glad to hear that it went well. Chattanooga Ed throwing down $5 and I don't think he's even punching. Oh, there he is. He is punching me in the face. So I got the fox cat corgi thing. <laughs> Ed, thank you so much. Good to see you. Uh, looked like you guys had a blast at Aquashell. I wish I could have been there, but I did follow from afar on the internets. Heather Body Smith just introduced two Blue Paradise, one normal, one albino in my 60-gallon. Beautiful fish. I know a little about them, but do you know anything else? Also beat the Blackbeard algae with hydrogen peroxide. All right, I'm glad the Blackbeard algae situation is going better. That can be a frustrating one. Um, Paradise fish are awesome. Let's see here. They, they get, I don't know, a good three inches or so, a nice full grown one with a nice long tail. I wouldn't, you have two. That can get tricky and a 60 gallon it might be okay, but if there's any way you can have your hardscape or your decorations or plants or whatever so that there's different territories that one of the tricks with paradise fish is they can be pretty aggressive to each other and so it's that cichlid thing where usually i'd recommend keep one or keep a group and in any case having hardscape territories and things where there's line of sight blocks and people can get away and aren't always getting harassed that'll be really really important especially if you only have two so not a super aggressive fish I and mean, there, there are fish that are just super nasty aggressive, but they are pretty aggressive to each other. And so that can be an issue over time if the subdominant one is constantly in view and just constantly gets picked on and picked on and picked on, or there aren't enough divisions that they can't each kind of make their own little territory. Um, they can take cold temperatures in the wild. They, it gets cold enough that ice can form over their, their habitats. So they're great fish for outdoor ponds. Um, they're very hardy really pretty and don't keep them with anything that can get that has like long flowing fins because they can be fin nippers besides that those are the major things that i that i think of when it comes to paradise fish i love them though um i like keeping big groups of them together and they're they're constantly sparring and flaring and and they're a delight to behold so it's a great fish also for those that don't know i think that was the first tropical fish even though it's subtropical um 
to ever be imported into the United States or into Europe, I believe. They're an anabantoid, so they could take the long boat ride in the tin can. <laughs> I believe that's right, that they were the first um, quote-unquote tropical fish that was introduced to the West. Scary Terry, I recently found a Wanamensis rainbow, and his fins are actually getting kind of long. Yeah, 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 not to mention his iridescent color. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it, Scary Terry. <laughs> Glad they're doing well. And yeah, those big, long glosslepis. Yeah, these things, these are cool. So this is the Wanamensis, and they're known for, they're called emerald dragons, green dragons. They're known for these, these long filaments that they get on the anal fin and the dorsal fin. Uh, I guess that's the dragon part. Wait, that was a good picture. There was another one. Anyway, really cool fish. I'm glad they're doing well for you and that they're getting some extensions. That's nice. Degenerate fish keeper. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> I love that name. Have you heard of or have you seen Sudamugil rainbows hybridizing like Fricata and Gertrudes? I'm sure they can hybridize. I, I don't know the specifics of which species would and which species wouldn't, but um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Fricata and Gertrudes would hybridize. I'm sure that Fricata and Ivan Staffi or Kanye um, would definitely hybridize. I'm sure that Gertrude and um, Luminatus would probably hybridize and Pascai, although that's not really in the hobby. Um, but um, I don't know where those lines break down exactly. But the, the general thing with any rainbow fish or blue eye is if you're going to be passing it, breeding it and passing them on, be, be real sure to keep those lines pure because a lot of them are in, in trouble. Um, a lot of rainbow fish are in trouble. A lot of blue eyes can be in trouble. Now, I do think if a Fricata and a Gertrude hybridized, it would be pretty obvious in the offspring. I think that they would look very different from either parent species. So there's less, less trouble maybe of passing on unknown hybrids, but... Um, It is something in the rainbow fish hobby to be very careful with. And a lot of people in the hobby would absolutely <laughs> excoriate anyone <laughs> who hybridized, especially on purpose. Um, T-Shot. So Steenfont Aquatics mentioned that he's teaming up with you. Very cool. Care to explain more about that? Yes. So uh, Bob Steenfont is, um, I, I did it again. Steenfont. I always want to say Steenfont. Bob Steen Fott is an affiliate. So if you go to his links and click on them and then make a purchase from Dan's Fish, then he gets a little, a little, a little piece of that, right? He gets a little something, something for his effort. Um, and right now is kind of a soft launch with our affiliate program. Basically, we're testing the hardware. We're making sure that how we've got it set up works for everyone. Um, that we're, we're doing it pretty different than a normal, than, than a standard affiliate program as far as fee schedule and division and things. We're trying to do it in a way that makes our affiliates actual partners that can um, accrue uh, residual income that's meaningful so that it's not just a one-off type thing for them, but, but it's like they're actually a partner in the, in the company a little bit. And so we have this I think really neat structure, but it's an innovative structure 
that I don't think anyone that I'm aware of at least has tried before. We built it ourselves and coded it ourselves. So we need to make sure that it's actually doing what we think it'll do and that it is in fact good for our affiliates like we think it'll be. So Bob is kindly um, come on board as, as a beta tester, if you will, <laughs> testing it out on the soft launch. Once the warehouse is done, um, he'll come over, do a tour of the warehouse, and that's when we'll launch the affiliate, you know, full bore. Right now, it's kind of just uh, testing it out with Bob. And, and there's a couple other folks that um, we'll, we'll be testing with as well. We don't plan to do a whole lot with affiliates until the warehouse is actually up and running. We're just trying to get ready for that. One reason I chose Bob, and I'm thrilled that he chose us as well, is because Bob is a straight shooter. Um, he tells it like it is. And so I figured if Bob was an affiliate, that would go a long way towards people having confidence that they can do business with Dan's Fish. Just because if Bob says something's good, it is. And if something's not good, he'll, he'll tell you straight. He's, <laughs> he's a very honest person. And that's the kind of person we want on the team. So that's one reason we chose Bob. And we, again, there, there, there might be, we aren't doing many. There might be one more that we're, we're in talks with. And um, there's also a Facebook group that's reached out that, that I've been feeling out for a few months. Like I've been lurking as a member for a few months. I didn't, they reached out a while ago and I didn't just jump on and be like, yeah, let's do it. I wanted to get to know them. So I've been watching them for a few months and it seems like a good group that isn't about drama. It's actually about helping their members and it's an active group and things. So we might test it with them too, but a total of two or three um, affiliates until the warehouse goes. And uh, we're going to be very selective about, about our affiliates. It's not something where we're just going to ask everyone or accept most queries about it. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on there. Cancer Train, the difference between Alabios and Weinmillerite is the black mark on the operculum. Oh, cool. Do they have that as itty bitty babies? Geophagus. Let's look here, see, see how easy that is to see. It must be Weinmillerite. So are you talking about like this, this black line here? If that indeed is a wine miller, I let's see here. I'm not seeing any obvious, I guess that's as close as I'm seeing. Whereas the lobbyos, I'm not seeing it at all. So I'm guessing that's what you're talking about. There's no kind of black line here. Whereas on these, there's, there's this black line under the eye. A little black line there. Am I right? Is that what you're talking about? Now, one thing I do have to say is I, I think it's in, this might not apply in this case. I don't know that much about geophagus, but in a lot of cases, people will reach out to me and be like, well, this has this color, so it can't be that. And the, the issue with that is you can't really identify fish by color usually. There's too many different populations, too much variation among populations. Just because someone keeps a population that has a certain color pattern 
doesn't mean that the next river over, they don't look completely different. And so it's really hard, I think, to identify fish just based on color. I think uh, you have to do teeth analysis, you have to do fin counts, and in a lot of cases, you have to actually look at DNA or at least mitochondrial DNA, um, if, I, if I remember that correctly. It is mitochondrial DNA that they look at, isn't it? I'll have to, I'll have to, it's been a while. But um, so I do want to say that I'm not saying you're wrong in this case, cancer train. I, I just in general think people um, often are, are trying to identify species based on pictures, based on what they look like. And often that's just not enough because things are too similar and too varied. Wichita Falls Fish Keeper, what? Throwing down a super chat. Why didn't it show up here? Thank you so much, Wichita. Um, that's really weird. It did not show up. And well, I don't dare refresh. And I don't want to kill the stream. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm trying to find it now. And I can't see it. Wichita, that must have been a while ago. Thank you so much. I think it was a $5 super chat. Oh, here it is. How weird is that? So look at this. So Wichita Falls threw down a $5 super chat, said, how's it going? Great. I hope you're doing well too. But over here, right, this is the, the area where we check for super chats. It didn't show up at all. So sorry, I missed it earlier, but usually I don't see them unless they show up here. Um, I often don't see the little thing that shows up up top of the chat just because I'm looking at the camera or reading something or whatever. But thank you, and I'm sorry I missed it earlier. Orange Cones, was your favorite Killy females? I would love to get a group. Um, oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I've got a ton of them. If you like brown fish, send me an email. I can send you a lot of female Fundalopanchax garden rice. Yeah, <laughs> tons. <laughs> Cancer train seriously fish is wrong there. Um, says they get big. My tennis are the smaller silver dollars. Ohio Fish Rescue did a video with a 15 incher. All right, we'll look into it more. Um, but like, I I generally go with seriously fish. We'll look into that more. All right, Toad Tamer, I've been reading conflicting info about how many four-inch rainbows can go into a 75-gallon, as low as six and as high as 25. Heavily planted, 30 to 50% water change weekly. How many would you do? Totally up to you, honestly. Um, you look at some rainbow fish tanks, and there's a lot of rainbows in there. It, it depends on filtration. It depends on feeding habits. It depends on lots of things. A 75-gallon, four-inch rainbows... Hang on, I'm thinking here. With depending on how you keep aquariums, I think as high as twelve of them wouldn't be a problem. Um, and I'm looking at my seventy-five gallon tank over here, and I'm just trying to visualize. Yeah, I don't think a dozen of them would be a problem. Start from there and see how you feel. You can get a feel for it. Um, I think the issue is going to be more, so me, I like negative spacing in an aquarium. I don't like an aquarium that's so full of fish that there is no zone without fish. I like an aquarium where fish can be on one side and then 
swim over to the other side and there can be some negative space, right? So that's just an aesthetic that I like. And I think in a 75 gallon with 25 of them, that could be achieved. So I would say, or with 12 of them, 25 to me would just feel too crowded. You could do it. You could have a big sump and optimal filtration and, and all that. Um, you could get the water quality clean enough that you could keep 25 in there. But for my aesthetic, it would feel too crowded. Honestly, though, I would say do what you want and see how you feel. If you're like, I, I'm going to try eight, try eight. And if it's like, you know what, I think I want, I think I want some more, then get a few more and, and, and feel it out, I think is the only way to really, really know. Alexandria Rodriguez, I'm obsessed with finding a breeding pair of round tail paradise fish. Oh, I know. Have you ever come across them? Yes. And I love them. And no, I haven't seen them for a couple of years. Anytime I get, anytime I can get like spike tail paradise fish or round tail paradise fish or any of those, uh, I do, but they're not available that often. So sorry. I wish I could bring them in for you. I wish I could bring them in for me too. <laughs> I just like them a lot. Um, the fishy mailman throwing in five bucks, testing, testing. I'm going to lurk, but if you guys don't know, you can listen to Dan or iHeartRadio <laughs> if you miss it. <laughs> hey, thanks the fishy mailman and hail the lurker nation. I'm with you. Um, I am curious about, uh, I do want to reach out to the, to the community and ask, does anyone else know, uh, with cancer trains comment about how big the silver dollars get, um, does anyone know, does the blackberry silver dollar get big? Have you ever, and I'm not saying just something you've read or not, but specifically the blackberry silver dollar, have you ever seen it above four and a half inches? Have you seen a 15 incher? Cause if you have, then I need to, uh, I need to revise some things. All right. And, and back to Toad Tamer's question about stocking, you're always going to get varying answers on that. Everyone thinks very differently about stocking. And I think it's because everyone keeps fish differently. So some people might only be able to keep six in a 75 gallon. Some people can keep a lot more. It's, it's on taste. It's on what you think is good for the fish. And it's on how you maintain your tanks and how you have them set up. So there's a lot of difference huge amount of variation. And when anyone gets all fundamentalist about it and it's like, no, you can only have this many fish in this tank. I, my skin crawls a little bit because everyone does it so differently that there is no hard and fast rule. Matt Lawrence, you should definitely get the red lizard hillstream loaches when you can. I do like that fish a lot. Is that homeogata? Oh, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. I do like that one a lot. Shannon Khan, been a while, but glad I could catch you live. Well, I'm glad you could be here live. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Lacordis, ah, not Lacardus, <laughs> Erie Lacordis. Thank you. Hills back to my D&D days. All right. Forgive me when I forget, but I'll try to remember Lacordis. Like poor Mike. E or Mickey is still, he's told me several times and it never gets in my brain. And part of the problem is I have a cousin called Mickey and I have a brother called Mike, Mikey. So yeah, yeah, I can't keep them straight. <laughs> so a username on a chat, <laughs> no chance. Fish fan two, I'm a simp for gimps. <laughs> but on a separate note, I don't think you'll have a problem finding a home for the gimpy pleco. Yeah, I mean, if we can do it tonight, that'd be great. Uh, but 
I don't want anyone to not enter the giveaway um, just because they don't want a Gimpy Pleco. If you don't want the Gimpy one, I'll send you. I'll send you a different one. Again, five zero one five. All the fish, Millennium Rainbow, Sudamugo, Gertrude, Aru, Four, Sultan Pleco, and the Caldari. Um, Caldari? Caldari, yeah. Oh, no, I can't remember. Caladiria, I think. They're all still doing amazing. I didn't realize the Sultan was so small, though. Do I not have a size on that? This is something I've got to work on. Um, I often don't have sizes of fish listed on the descriptions on the store. Um, I do have Michael helping write good descriptions. It just takes a ton of time and it takes a lot of time to each new batch go be like, okay, what's this size now and put it in. I just don't have the system built for that yet. So um, you are right though. I need to, I need to let people know how big the fish are. Just, oh, it's a time thing. Basically what needs to happen for this to not be a problem is we need to code a system that, that makes it simple, that just, you can change something on a spreadsheet and it all goes in or something like that. So we just aren't quite there yet. And so often it's all I can do just to get the fish name and price up to tell you the truth, but you're right. I, I do need to do that. Absolutely. Preston John, the internet says Tetradon Duboisi gets four inches, minor pushing 12. Woo. Yep. The internet ain't, Ain't right all the time, that's for sure. Yep. I'm curious as I get further down though to see what other people say, because if Cancer Train's right, I've gotta I've gotta change that that size. Fluffy boy! How easy are hatchet fish to keep? I love them and want to keep them if I can. I think they're really easy to keep. Um, just they're very sensitive when first imported. So that's one fish that I don't know why, but you got to get them for the, through the first couple weeks and then they're usually rock solid. So that's what I would say. I mean, they eat anything. They eat flakes, little pellets. It has to be on the surface, but they're not hard to feed. They're, they interact amongst each other, but they aren't like hyper aggressive. They're, I think they're great. Just also keep a lid on because they will not just jump. They'll like legit fly. <laughs> Lunatic Fringe. Hey, good to see you, Chewy. Uh, you know, my favorite monster fish comes from the Congo River. However, there are other members of the tigerfish family. Have you ever had a favorite monster fish? My favorite monster fish is, um, I went to Rich Byerly's fish barn um, in California. Been there a few times, but this last trip, he has this, I don't know how many thousands of gallons this thing is, but it's a big fruit picking hauling bin that would go on the back of a semi truck. I think they're made out of like metal and fiberglass and it's like a swimming pool and he has monster fish in there. One of the few times I've seen monster fish kept in a way that is like, Oh yeah, that totally works. Usually I feel like they're in too small of an enclosure and you can only have like one and it can't turn around and all that. But Rich is doing it right. They're like, they have plenty of room. They're swimming around. They're happy. And there was a catfish there. I don't know exactly what the species was. It might've been a rip saw. I don't know, but it was, I don't know. This was a four foot catfish, maybe bigger. Had all those big like serrated edges down the side that would just tear you up if you went wading in the pond. And um, 
I fell in love with that thing because it saw me on the edge and it came up and had these really long whiskers and it was just feeling me. It was like, feed me, feed me. It was like reaching out with its feelers, but just tapping all over me. And I thought that was the neatest fish. So whatever that catfish was that Rich Byerly had, that's my favorite monster fish just because it was so cool to interact with it. And I think he kept it right. Uh, Kaler's Aquatics and Exotics. How does the affiliate program compare to the investors? I'm not sure, uh, Bob, exactly what the question is asking. It's it's completely it's completely different. It's basically um, there's an affiliate link that that Bob uses. I'm not sure I quite get the question. Um, could you email me or text it in detail and then I can can break it down. How does the affiliate program compare to the investors? It's basically uh, what I would call marketing, I suppose, um, is what the affiliate program is for. A fluffy boy, still working on my Cooley Loach tank. Do you have any suggestions for fish to keep with them? I've been interested in hatchet fish but don't know their temperament thinks if you respond. I think hatchet fish would be great for them because they stay up top and the coolie loaches would be down below and there wouldn't be any like vying for territory. I think that sounds awesome. Okay, hang on. I saw Cancer Train talking about wine miller eye here. It's interesting to me because I'm learning here. Cancer Train, yeah, the wine miller I have it, not sure how young they get it, the, the black kind of streak on the operculum. Kevin's canines and aquatics, swimming dogs. <laughs> Hello at everyone, including me. Well, hi, right back at you. Deb Hall D, what foods are the Shodana puffers eating? Um, they're eating frozen brine shrimp. They're eating frozen blood worms. They're eating live scuds. Um, they will eat snails. I kind of crush up the shells and put the snails in there. And they're eating viber bites. And um, what else? Oh, live, live scuds, if I didn't say that. So quite a variety. I would say their favorite, nah, is it the bloodworms? I think the favorites, they're the bloodworms, even over the scuds. They like the scuds, but they're, they're more work. <laughs> you have to chase them down and find them, but it's great enrichment for them, so... Let's see, how are we doing? 810. Jacob Knowles. Oh, hey, look at this. Dan's Fish Room has skyrocketed to my favorite channel with his build series. That's awesome. Thanks, Jacob. I'm glad it's working out for you. Yeah, so glad, glad you like it. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Are the spotted Congo puffers tank raised? Yes. Do you ever bring in the POW genus? Yes, but not often. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Is your significant other lurking? <laughs> nope, just asking for a friend. Um, I have brought in uh, some of the POW, um, but I don't generally because they kind of have to be kept individually. They're they're more of an ambush predator, and it takes a lot of tanks if you bring in, like, a shipment of fish that all need more or less their own tank. It takes a lot of tank space, so I generally don't do it. And I'm not an expert on the POW. Um, I just got the dragon puffers in once. It wasn't something I tried to do. I was trying to get um, Rubinesco, I think is how you say it. And what they sent me was the dragon puffers. I like them, though. I kept one. I still have one as a pet. Uh, it's a dragon puffer. I named it Mouth. 
<laughs> and I really like them, but probably not something I'll be bringing in much just because of their tank space requirements. Scary Terry. Okay, so we're getting into folks responding. Cancer Train Mods, I can post a video link of a 15-incher. Uh, yeah, if you want to email it to me, dan at dancefish.com. Um, cancer Train. They get big, but not 15 inches big, I don't think. Let's see here. So it sounds like maybe they really do get that big. Let's see here. Just, I'm, I'm taking a little extra time to read through. Cancer drain silver dollars are my favorite fish. Well, then, then you probably know. Okay, gold nugget pluck tetra. I've seen multiple blackberry silver dollars at seven inches. Well, that's definitely bigger than four and a half. Well, shoot. <laughs> the tang police are brutal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So seems like at least one person has seen one up to seven inches. So that's like, you know, that's definitely a lot bigger than what seriously fish has. Well, darn, one of the reasons I got them is because I was like, oh, cool. It stays small. A lot of people will be able to keep this. <laughs> All right. I'll dig in. Blackberry silver dollar size. Cancer Train, would you email me that link at dan at dancefish.com and um, I'll see if I can show it because I can I can post or post the link at least. It's something I could do. See, I don't think you've sent it. I'll check again later. I am interested in getting to the bottom of that. I, I hate spreading misinformation. And it's hard to know though, like often people will say, this is wrong. And I'm like, yeah, but who are you and why are your qualifications better than the source I got them from? Like, so it's, unless I know the person and know that it's like, well, that's Dr. Brian Waters. Of course he knows everything there is to know about Nothobronchius or, or, or something like that, right? Um, it's, it's hard for me when I get comments from people that are like, actually this, it's hard for me to just be like, oh, you're right, because... I often don't know the qualifications of the person. I don't know their experience level. I don't know what they know, but it sounds like cancer trains like, Hey, silver dollars are my favorite fish. So it's probably something they've really dug into. Um, and so it's, it's worth exploring. It sounds like you might be right, which is a shame. I was like so excited that I found a small species of silver dollar, <laughs> but I don't want to spread misinformation. So I'll update it once I can, you know, dig in a little deeper and, Get more information about it. <clears throat> Gardaki's Playground. Gardaki. I think I said that right. Dan, I cannot thank you enough for your video on breeding corridors. I'm 30 hours in trying to hatch eggs. Thanks for the content. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad that you liked it. I hope it ends up um, being useful. I hope that you, you have success with it. Orange Cones, you need a roaming camera robot that runs a route and takes video of all the fish in stock at the warehouse. Yep, that sounds cheap. <laughs> if you want to donate one Orange Cones, you want to donate one to the cause, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll out Amazon, Amazon, have little robots packing everything. <laughs> Hang on, I saw something from Rocking Fish, but then chat jumped. I want to get that. 
Rocking Fish says the black bar silver dollar seen videos of them at 15 inches at Ohio Fish Rescue. Rodrigo predatory fin sells um, and sells them so they get big. Okay, dang it, sounds like I was wrong. Well, seriously, fish is usually a pretty good source, but sounds like in this case they were wrong. Shoot, Danny Kenny Aquatics. Hello, sorry late, just dropped. Just got off work. Hey, welcome Danny and Kenny. Glad you guys are here. Kiss Aquatics, you said you wanted the affiliates to be like partners. Um, I've done affiliate partnering to other channels, but it was only a per sale premium. Um, yeah, so what we're trying to do is make it like a residual income thing. So it's, and I don't, I don't think I want live to um, go into all the details, Bob, because it, like, I don't want any affiliate to be like, hey, now people are going to know more about, you know, my, my income stream and all that. I, I don't know how, how much it gets into stuff that would be considered personal um, for them. But uh, we're trying to set it up. And I can tell you all the details, Bob, uh, off the live stream. But it, we're trying to set it up so that it's not like a one-off thing where you make a purchase someone clicks your link, you make a purchase, you get a little bit. We're trying to make it so it's more like, it's kind of in inspired by the entertainment industry that I come from, where if you do work on a film or, or a commercial or something, um, you get residual income from that. Not large amounts, but you get some so that, um, so you can build up real income over time is, is what we're trying to do. So it's not just a one-off. It's not just a per sale. It's not just a click my link. You bought something, you, you get a little bit. It's more like a, Oh, you sent us a new customer. Awesome. You, you'll get residual from, from that. So um, the, the actual amounts and, and what we're thinking, uh, what we're trying, um, I'll, I'll tell you off stream, but that's, that's the basics of it. Yeah. Not, not like in, it's not like investors though. It's not like they get a piece of the company. It's not that. So I, I see where I see where you're asking. It's not that. It's it's a it's send us a new customer, um, and anytime that customer buys, you'll get a little residual from it. Yeah. So it's a long tail kind of a thing. John's Fisher, my puffers are eating scuds and snails like crazy. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, that really is kind of what they do. It's so fun to see them hunt a, you drop in a group of puffers. It's so fun to see them go around and hunt them. Uh, it's pretty cool. Get their natural behavior, especially if you have like a little group of, um, Java moss in there or something, then they have to kind of hunt through it to find them. That's fun. Okay. Here's the link from cancer train. Um, with the Ohio fish. I don't know if I can, so this is Ohio Fish Rescue's video. Looks like um, I don't. I don't know if I can actually show that someone else's video on my live stream. So I'll watch that after. Um, and I'm sure you know enough people have said they get bigger that I think we have a consensus, which is a bummer because <laughs> I was so happy to find a small piece species of silver dollar, Raph. Fael Swit. Hey, thanks for feeding advice. Alba Marginata Trio are now eating well. Awesome. I'm glad to hear it. 
and look very happy in their heavily planted 30 gallon. Wondering if it'd be okay to keep them together with a Rudolins pair. I mean, I think so, like temperament wise, I think you would be okay. But with a big caveat that I've never tried it, but I think it would temperament wise. Orange goes, my hatchet fish will drive away from the surface to go after scuds, dive away from the surface. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. I've never seen a hatchet fish go. I used to have a big school of them in here and I never saw them go down below like where my no, they would, because I had the plants over and they went down. But normal hatchet fish, <laughs> I've never seen go down more than like an inch or two from the surface. Um, that's interesting to know. Scuds will do it, huh? Michael Machos, my German blue ram pair were parenting their fry really well until the male must have done something and I had to pull him. Question is, will the female continue to parent well or eat the fry? I don't think I've ever had a pair of cichlids where after the, they, they were true pair bonding cichlids. I'm not talking about harem spawners or anything like that. That um, once one of them was pulled, the other one successfully finished raising the young. But that being said, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that I, I've never tried breeding German blue rams in a harem situation, but I think they're pretty tight pairs, pair bonded spawners, at least during the spawning and raising itself. So I'm not sure. I, I don't, I haven't had success with that. It, it doesn't mean it can't happen or hasn't happened. It just hasn't been my experience. Okay. Brandon Lee, can you give a little info on the hill trouts? You're about to list. Thank you. Um, the main thing about them to be aware of for keeping them is just how absolutely active they are. So they're large and they're active. So I think the main concern is that they don't be kept with timid feeders. <laughs> I think they'd do great with like large rainbow fish. I think they'd do great. Um, the, the bar whisperer, Mike Manji, I saw that he had them in a tank at his house with a bunch of barbs and, and that was perfect. Um, so I'd say there's a lot of fish like that that are active and fast that they could go with, but I wouldn't keep them with anything that was timid or a slow feeder. And I think that's the main thing to, to think about when, when purchasing hill trouts or considering hill trouts. I think they would very easily outcompete slow feeders timid fish. Now, also they're very active, so I wouldn't keep them in a tank that's less than four feet. If you have a six foot tank, I think that would be spectacular because they'd have a lot of room to swim, a nice group of them in a six foot tank. Four foot tank though, I think is adequate as well. Um, they come from pretty clean streams with high oxygen, nice flow. So keep that in mind. They're, they're not gonna like it super hot. If it does get warm in the area you keep your tanks, then just make sure that the water is clean and well oxygenated and they'll probably do fine. I have kept them up to the low 80s because down here it, it can pop up to the low 80s in the summer. Just had a whole lot of air going and, um, that, and the water was clean, so they did okay. Yeah, that's, that's the main thing. Clean water, high oxygen saturation, and um, they're re really fast and really fast to the food. So I think those are the main considerations when thinking about keeping them. Hey, Gonzalez, wondering where the 
species Achaio Achilles lay their eggs. I thought they laid in floating plants, but I noticed the male pushing the female into the substrate. Um, it, it depends on how the tank is set up as to where they'll, they'll spawn. Generally, they're going to want to top in the up, want to spawn up closer to the top in the say upper third of the aquarium. So if you had like a spawning mop, um, from the top all the way to the bottom, I think you'd find most of the eggs in the upper third, but it depends. Sometimes tanks are set up and flows in such a way and things that they will spawn more on the bottom. Every tank's a little different. Um, in nature though, they're definitely more of a surface dweller. It also depends on the composition of the plants. Like maybe they just prefer the, the substrate because the plants aren't adequately bushy or long enough roots or substantial enough so they can push against them and, and spawn successfully. There's lots of different factors, but in general, yeah, top third of the tank, I would say. Mountaintop puffer keeper. I keep both hairy puffers in a colony, now a bonded care, pair, never had an issue with them. And Mekon River Puffer, pow, blah, 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 and colony setups, um, so far so good, little risk on the Mekon. You're more confident than me. I, yeah, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't keep them together. Um, but I'm not a puffer expert either, so maybe I'm a little cautious. I did notice though, when I had some dragon puffers together, there was definitely some aggression. I had to separate them, so. But that's the only species of pow that I've, that I've messed with, so. Not quite sure. Kids Aquatics and Exotics, $4.99. Thank you so much with a laughing fox cat. Hey, I appreciate the super chat. Bob, thank you. Always appreciate it. Never required. But as you know, it does make Brenda, my wife, super happy. Let's see here. Did we actually get to the bottom? Holy cow. It's a momentous occasion. We'll do two more real quick. And then we will... Get to the giveaway. Mitchell Broom. With the pistols, you can pull one of the pair and the other will manage the fry. On some species, I pull the male and allow the female to rear. I can see the rams being able to do that as well. Sure, maybe. Um, a lot of the pistols are colony spawners, though, like harem spawners, not true pair bonded spawners. So I hope you're right um, that, that the rams would be able to, and I, they very well might be. I'm just saying I've never seen any true pair bonded cichlids be successful on their own. Um, I hope they do though. I hope they do. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying with the pistols, there's a lot of species that aren't true pair bonded. They're more of a harem spawning situation. Right, and then rock and fish. They said on the news today that the piece of wood is going down now, finally. The piece of, oh, the price, yes. I was like, the piece of wood? Yeah. I know. I saw that. I'm grateful. <laughs> Danikin throwing down 20 bucks and saying, goal, I, I don't have the vocal chops tonight to do a golazo. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm feeling a little rough. So I appreciate the super chat. The golazo has to be spontaneous. I can't, I, I, it's not something I can just, just pull out on, on, on cue. It has to be has to feel right. But thank you for the super chat. I'm sorry if I disappointed without a golazo. <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the giveaway. This is for a, well, let's talk about what it's for first. L136B Pleco. 
Okay. It's for one of these. This is my picture. Dark fish, white spots. They're about four inches, and that's about full grown for them. They're a hypencystrus, so give them some meat in their diet. Veggies too, but they're going to need meat in their diet. They're not like an encystrus that um, is, I don't know if it's primarily vegetarian, but that, that needs more veggies than not. So that's them. Um, I do have one that has a, a split down the tail. The middle of the tail is missing. I think it got injured. I don't know if it was when. It's been like that ever since I've had it, and it when it came, it wasn't like fresh damage. So it might've been since it was a little, a little baby or something. Um, and so if you wouldn't mind having a little gimpy tail fish, I'll send you that one. But if you want one like this with a full tail, that's fine too. And the winner of this fish is Joe coffee, Joe coffee, a subscriber since 2019. That's awesome. That's almost two years being a subscriber. So I would say Joe deserves it. <laughs> Could you let us know that you're here? You've got about two minutes to let us know that you're here uh, to, and we can uh, get the, oh yeah, there he is. Golazo! <laughs> All right, Joe. Um, you know my email, Dan at Dance Fish. If you'd send me an email and uh, just first and last name and your shipping address, then I'll send that fish out to you. And we'll talk on email if you want the gimpy tailed fish or not. Either way is just fine. No pressure to take the gimpy one. Just an option if you're the kind of person that likes gimpy fish. With that, it's 829. Um, I think we got to shut it down. I'm sorry. But it's that time. So I want to thank my mods for being here and doing what they do every week. I appreciate you all. Um, Bob, if my answer about affiliate partnership, I didn't want to get into the actual amounts and stuff because I feel like that gets a little, that might be too personal for affiliates. They might want that to be kind of something that they know and the, the whole world doesn't. But if you, if you reach out to me, Bob, I can give you more information about that. And, um, Everyone that threw money at us tonight. Thanks for the super chats, everyone. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make the wife super happy. I want to thank everyone that left a question or comment. Sorry for those that I couldn't get to, but thanks for doing it anyway. It's what keeps this lively and entertaining and, uh, and fun for me, having a discussion with y'all. Thanks to Cancer Train for bringing to my attention that um, I'm wrong about the size of the Blackberry Silver Dollar. I... I saw lots of sources that said they get 4.5 inches. So I was like, yes, it seems like I was wrong. Um, several people have told me tonight that they get quite a bit bigger than that. So I'm sorry that I uh, spread misinformation. I never try to, but usually seriously fish is pretty accurate. And that's my, my go-to for most things. So yeah. <laughs> I, uh, now I've got to let people know. I hope you have a massive tank because these get big which is a bummer. I thought I'd found the perfect silver dollar. Almost, almost. Anyway, hail the lurker nation, everyone that can't be here live and is watching on the replay. Hi to you. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Same bat time, same bat channel until then. I hope everyone does well. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Good night.